Hey, it's Jesse from the internet. Uh, this is an episode of a show that we have not yet talked about what the title is going to be yet, but we're working on casualdiehard.com. Uh, that is coming. If you go there now, there's a lovely uh, Squarespace uh, coming soon kind of page. Uh, and it'll be like that until such time as we tell you to actually go there. Uh, but just keep Casual Die Hard in your mind because that is where uh, Willet's Pen is going to fold under that um, and be a place where we actually write. Um, and then we won't have to explain that our football podcast or our car racing <laughs> podcast are named Did after... Not actually have anything to do with the Mets. That is correct. Britt, how are you today? I'm good. It's dark. I don't like it. And, <laughs> and Britt, you are primarily a fan of the Giants. I am, for for better or worse. For, currently for baseball worse. purposes. But, yes, for ba- yeah, not the New York football Giants. They're embarrassing. Yes. Uh, and for baseball purposes, uh, Keelan is here from the internet. Uh, how are you today? Hello, it is Keelan from the internet, and I'm well. <laughs> also also dark in the darkness and you primarily are baseball wise a white Sox fan unfortunately yes is that still the case <laughs> they haven't driven you off just yet uh lily from the internet is also here and might have a different answer to that question lily how are you i'm i'm okay my mouth hurts a little bit but i'm good and are you still a white Sox fan Fuck no. <laughs> I, I am, I am, as much as I hate John Angelos, I am solely behind the Baltimore Orioles from here I on out. I was just going to say, the Orioles are right there. How, how can anyone compete with that? Much less the fucking White Sox. I live a 15-minute walk from Camden Yards. I, I have no loyalty to the White Sox anymore because fuck them. Hey, and They're speaking bad. of the Orioles, uh, since we are recording this on Monday, congratulations to Gunnar Henderson on oh, yeah. his his Corbin rookie of the year. He, Corbin he and Corbin Carroll. That's that is yeah. cool for him. First uh, first Diamondback rookie of the year. His stats were crazy too. I didn't realize he had fifty stolen bases. That's yeah, no bonkers, bonkers, and. Um, it's actually the NLS was actually kind of fun in that regard this year because you had two rookies from the division who ended up gold glove catcher finalists, which was neat. Um, shout out as always to light of my life, Patrick Bailey. Um, I'm on Corbin Carroll and it was like actually kind of nice. And then the Dodgers were old and they fell on their asses and that was fun too. So (laughs) we are going to talk some today about ass falling. Uh, that is something that is happening in the world of football, but I have this, This baseball story to share uh, from a book that I'm, again, when Casual Die Hard comes online, this will be uh, part of the part of the deal. It's not just about the Mets at Willits Penn, yada, 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 you'll see. This is Baseball Complete. It is a book from 1963. Uh, It has been, uh, it was in my grandmother's house for some time because it was my dad's or my uncle's growing up. Uh, It's by Russ Hodges, and it is uh, fascinating and has... Exactly. Famous voice of the Giants, Russ Hodges, um, who I might be taking to task for papering over some stuff about uh, certain guys. But this is uh, a chapter of the book that's just like each every few paragraphs. It's a new story about a different player. So here is the story. In 1916, a pitcher named Ferdy Shop, a left hander. (laughs) 
was a guy with a world of puzzling stuff. In several previous seasons, Shop had been hardly any puzzle at all, and visiting teams to the polo grounds loved to level off at the slants on this relief hur- of this relief hurler. Then, along about the middle of 1916, Ferdy did an abrupt outface to compile the best earned run average in the majors, a straggling 090. The following season, Shop did even better by posting 21 victories for the Giants and spinning a tidy shutout. A seven-hit, five-nothing game to win one of the two victories in a four-two giant trouncing at the hands of the White Sox in the World Series. But congratulations oh. to the nineteen seventeen White Sox for uh, <laughs> trouncing Ferdy Shup's team. Uh, now here's where this story turns. I was going to say <laughs> it has to be something. This is all pretty normal stuff so far. In his first start of the series, Shup sought the showers early as he was batted out in the second inning, the White Sox going on to a 7-2 victory. However, Shup was not charged with the loss. Ferdy Shup then went into World War I Army and returned empty-handed without his stuff. The Cardinals took a gamble on the left-hander but could never make him a big winner. Now, uh... Ferdy Shup went into the World War One Army is a claim that, you know, should be verifiable by Wikipedia. Uh, and indeed, Ferdy Shup did not uh, participate in, he didn't go over and like come back and his downfall was not caused by the mustard gas or the trauma of the Western Front. He was not shell-shocked. Uh, he was working with some Giants teammates at a shipbuilding company during the work or fight uh, phase of the war. He went to work in an essential business. Um, he was just a shitty pitcher who got hot for a while and then sucked again uh, briefly following. Uh, this is a thing that we see, and sometimes, um, you know, how you're remembered is based on who is telling the story. Uh, Russ Hodges, I don't know, you know, somebody told him about Ferdy Shup or or what happened there. Um, and what I'm curious about here is who's going to tell the story of what happens next at Mississippi State? Because... <laughs> I was wondering where this is going. That was delightful. Yep. <laughs> Zach Arnett took over that job after Mike Leach died and it was like which is just a weird set of circumstances to start with like that's just not a thing that happens very often so weird it's like this heartbreaking thing and he turns it into a heartwarming thing you know by the team all rallies and they play the bowl game just like you know pirate style and I was listening to I want to say it was a slate podcast at the beginning of the season about, you know, the situation at Mississippi state and what Arnett had inherited there and trying to embrace Leach's legacy while, you know, moving away from the air raid, which is its own choice. Um, you know, while trying to establish his own legacy, because he was a defensive coordinator who Leach had hired because think Leach saw some of himself in there and they worked well together and they made Mississippi State more respectable faster than anybody thought they had any business doing. 
and this year they fell off a cliff, including losing by 41 points to a team that then fired its coach as well. <laughs> I just love, I, I, I love a both coaches get fired. Like, yeah. that's just... Even, yeah, don't even see that the, every day. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't even wait for like one more loss. They were just like, nah. No, yeah, both teams were just like, we're not here. Yeah. And that that game put Texas A and M over three hundred twenty five points for the season. So they could have saved Brian Ferentz's job at A and M, uh, but not Jimbo. Ah, uh, pity that. <laughs> The Jimbo thing is particularly funny because it's a little bit like um, dead dove do not eat from uh, Arrested <laughs> Development. Like, like you, you know who you hired, right? Like, I'm not sure what you were expecting to happen, but yeah, like you, you hired Jimbo Fisher. Like, I don't, you get what you get at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it kind of brings up the question of like there. I think there is sort of an obsession and I think this is true in, in professional sports at least in the states too this obsession with sort of these retried coaches that like you get these athletic directors or these general managers who just want a name like there, I it see, feels like there's this expectation of like, well, I know who I've heard this heard of this guy before, so he must be good, right? And no, yeah. no, that's not that's not often how it works. And like, I understand that hiring somebody with less of a track record or whatever is like always, it's a dicier proposition. Sometimes it's a harder sell. Um, but but also. At a certain point, stop hiring Jimbo Fisher. Stop hiring Gus Malzahn. Like, just stop. Stop. <laughs> stop hiring Bobby Petrino. I, like, <laughs> I, okay. Hang on a second. I, I, I feel like Gus deserves... Gus is what he is. and But but that's kind of what I mean. Like, it doesn't mean that they're... Te- like, th- we're not necessarily talking about terrible coaches, but just, like, don't be surprised when you get what you get. Like... You're hiring a known quantity. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's that's where I think Gus deserves a little bit more of a of a uh it's not don't hire Gus. It's Gus is where he belongs. Right, right. It's that, not necessarily don't hire. Now. Yeah. Right. But I just would say like, don't, don't hire don't hire right. Jimbo. Don't don't hire don't do Jimbo it. Fisher. But right, like either just yeah, no one should be hiring Jimbo Fisher. But yeah, if it's a guy like Gus Malzahn, like just you're getting a known quantity, and that's sort of the whole appeal is that you know what you're getting. So don't be surprised when you get what you get. Then, like you have no excuse to not go in with into that sort of eyes wide open. That you're he, you know, gonna be it's. Sometimes your coach is the equivalent of like a fourth starter. Yeah. Where like, you know what? He's not, he's going to put up like a high three ZRA and he's going to give you some decent innings. And like, look, that's what you get. That's what you're paying for. You shouldn't be surprised. And and I think in, in the case, in the case of a guy like Gus, 
he's like providing those innings and he can be the difference between your team being shitty and better than shitty. He can elevate shitty to that, to that level above shitty. Cool. That has a purpose. I don't understand what like Jimbo Fisher is fucking James Shields. (laughs) I'm excuse me. Big game. James. How dare you? How dare you? Jimbo. (laughs) They gave Jimbo. Well, well, why do... Okay. Yes, he's a bad coach and all of these other things. But also, why do you hire a guy who at probably the age of 50 plus is still going by Jimbo? That's (laughs) such a a red flag. It's like like a guy who still goes by Timmy. At the age of fucking 57. Now, uh, okay, so I will say, as. Unless that is his full legal name. Right. Uh, I, I, I will say, um, I have a cousin who is about my age, a little bit younger, not by much, um, whose name, not his legal name. I've never heard anyone, though, refer to him as anything other than Baba. <laughs> okay, but that's different. Bubba, uh, yeah, Bubba but... is. Um, I think I think you can call a guy Bubba. Like, like think about you. Like a big guy is always going to be Bubba. Like, a, like right. a nice, like, a, like a. But I like Jimbo, like, I feel like Jimbo goes one of two ways, right? And and frequently it goes the way it has gone in this case, where it's just like no. The only way you can pull off Jimbo, I think, is you've got to be a very specific variety of like sleazy but likable somehow like all i think of is jimbo jones from the simpsons yeah <laughs> yeah that's... i would i think jimbo is a perfectly fine name for the owner of a bait shop yes yes quality yeah. bait or like maybe a tow company but you're still fishing something. Toe, yeah, towing, salvage, anything in that yeah. that vicinity. Yeah. Oh, man. Jimbo was a good a... name for like a hey, I know a guy who knows a guy. Like, yeah. Yeah, let me let me call Jimbo. Really? Yeah, okay. Not, not a college football coach. No, not anyone that you're supposed to take like particularly seriously, or that is in sort of any position of authority with, with any sort of it's real meaning. His name is John James. It's not even. It's not even James John. Well, I can understand why you not Call not JJ. associate yourself by JJ. you know. You don't want to be John Fisher. That name is shit. That's JJ. You know that much. Call <laughs> JJ Fisher. I don't know. There's his Wikipedia says he was called Jimbo because they had a bunch of Jims in his family. It's like his name is fucking John. Right, Jim's not even his name. Jim, <laughs> James is his middle name. I'm I'm, I'm, is, I'm where, where did he? Where is he from? Where did he grow up? Oh, good old Clarksburg, West Virginia. Okay, oh, that makes wow. sense. I was I, mean, I was gonna say that, like that, that's a. I feel like that adds a little bit, you know. He is a little, it's like his resume for Jimbo is yeah, a little exactly. more. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a very Southern Appalachian, wherever you want to draw that line. Uh, oh, we have too many of this name in the family. So we're not going to stop giving people that name. We're just going to have everyone go by a nickname. 
that and is, no one will actually be their legal name anymore. That's a real thing. Like I have, I have so many aunts and uncles and cousins and like great aunts and uncles who like, I could not tell you their legal name without really, really thinking about it. Cause no one has ever called them that. Yeah. We had a bunch of people in school that just had nicknames and I was like, I have no idea what their real name is or how they got their nickname. Right. You get to graduation and they call people's real names and you're like, oh shit, that's who that is. We had a squirrel. We had a beaver. Squirrel. I think they were cousins. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. We had a butter. In the arena football league for the Chicago Bruisers. That's a great name. That's a great team name. Yeah. They lasted from 1987 to 1989. Amazing. I will say on the subject of Jim, though, this is just a story I have to share because I think it's funny. So my grandfather's name was Jim. Um, Except for the fact that no one called him Jim until he was an adult. And I did not realize this because he was always Grandpa Jim to me. I did not realize until I was a teenager, probably, um, that it was not his... Well, I guess I knew that it wasn't his legal name, but I did not know that he hadn't like gone by that when he was younger or whatever. No, he met my grandmother. His legal name is Elvie. My grandmother was like, I hate that name. What's your middle name? (laughs) How how is it spelled? E-L-V-Y. He was Elvie James. And my grandmother was just like, I hate that name. What else can I call you? What's your middle name? He was like, James. She's like, cool, great. And he was Jim from that moment on. He did not question it. He didn't say shit about shit. He was just like, all right. (laughs) And proceeded to be Jim for the next like 70 years of his life. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) There was, of course, the other uh, big Jim game of the week. Jim versus James. Jim... uh then sidelined and it 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 was ruined and, but, but football's big game james sure as fuck showed up and uh, oh, God coached bless. another banger of a um are we ever gonna have to take penn state seriously even though like in a 12 team playoff they are like one of the 12 best teams eh. like how do we handle this next year when they're not? First legacy. Every every time I think about them, my mind is not Penn State, it's Penn Island. <laughs> I feel like Penn State has like got a little bit of the Texas disease, is the thing. Where it's like, no matter how well they may be doing at any moment, you're like, yeah, but where you just know they're gonna fall on their face. Like you're just waiting for it to happen the entire time. That's yeah. a beautiful thing to to continue to have, and long may it continue. Um, because honestly, um, you know, throughout the Big Ten, it's uh, just just a, a league full of heels, isn't it? The vibes are bad. The vibes are real bad. Like the the one thing that is happening in the Big Ten that is anti heel behavior is Northwestern becoming good after 
Whack and Pat's fat, fat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Fat Fitzgerald yeah. is a mean uh, nickname. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. For the very sweaty teenager. It is, a really, it is a really grim scenario, though, when Northwestern is your feel-good story. Yeah, that's it's not good. Like, that's not... We've just no named off so many, so many cursed teams. Yeah, Should we stay too... in, in the Big Ten West for just a moment and uh, ask Keelan how things are going in the Nebraska portion of your oh, wow. world. Yes, how goes Nebraska? <laughs> so I think they're they're like one game off getting into a bowl game and um they can't. It's like are they are they cursed? Two. They may be. Um I didn't watch much of the game, but I <laughs> saw the score and was like, what the hell happened? And I guess they're quarterback who has been doing better got hurt so they put in uh the other guy and that didn't go well so yeah i don't know how that's gonna go yeah they lost at home to maryland um which now they have to go at wisconsin and uh home for iowa both ostensibly winnable games because they are in the big 10 west and the teams that they are facing suck as well um but it, oh nebraska hey it's well, it's it's kind of interesting that maryland is actually kind of good this year <laughs> not I'm, great but they're kind of good I don't know, kinda... they only beat nebraska 13 to 10 <laughs> yeah I was, I was like eh, but <laughs> they, they, they had they had something going until the ohio state game yeah, I'm interested to see if for Nebraska, it's like this. We've been doing this for so long. We just It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy type thing or like a mental, like, we just can't do it. We can't finish the job and go to a bowl game. We'll see. We will. Uh, we will also see about um, Iowa. Being in the Big Ten championship game, uh, unless a true calamity occurs, because they're five and two with two games left, and everybody else in the division is three and four. <laughs> Literally, everybody else in the entire Big Ten West is three and four in conference, except for Purdue, which is uh, two and five after their big win over Minnesota. Um, God bless. This has been a Iowa, a weird football year. We, we got to get our Iowa in, I guess. Um, <laughs> they did score twenty two points, which is they did allow zero twenty five. <laughs> Still not twenty five. <laughs> they almost made the over under sweat, which was I think twenty eight and a half was where it landed at that game. It's. 30 and a half for this week against Illinois. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm always. If I was involved, I'm always taking the under. <laughs> like, I, I think my question is. Under, here, under 50 points, and with Iowa, you, and 
it's yeah, you just got to bet on it because it's like Iowa's not going to give up that many points. Right. They're they are but, both not going to give up that money and also not going to score that many. So. <laughs> so here, here's my question for you guys. And is this a fair way to judge who is better? I would expect that if Iowa plays Ohio State, it will be closer than if Iowa plays Michigan. I think Michigan has a lot better opportunity to cause them trouble. And Ohio State might be more comfortable in a low-scoring game anyway. I don't know if Michigan's comfortable in a low-scoring game. I guess my question is, going into Michigan-Ohio State, who is the funnier opponent to possibly lose to Iowa? Or the the opponent who gives us a more, I guess, yeah, Michigan is funnier. At, and well, actually, that's a different question too because Ohio State losing to Iowa, Michigan is right hilarious. now, especially after they beat Michigan. Yeah, Michigan right now, I think might be funnier, but like, yeah, Michigan, Michigan, under, like, yeah, under normal circumstances, Ohio State, absolutely. Right now, it might Michigan might be funnier though. I honestly think either of them losing to Iowa is really funny. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm not going to be mad at either. I do. Yeah, I think. Right. I, I think it's significantly funny, funnier to add insult to injury if Iowa beat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This With is Harbaugh back this, on the side. That's sideline. the actual punishment. For- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your coach got suspended. Whatever. You lost to Iowa. Like that's really. <laughs> That's actually the perfect punishment. Yeah, that's worth. If that's they, worse than anything the NCAA can yeah. beat out. Yeah, Iowa scores twenty six points. Six twenty five. The oh my god. The other the, the other scenario though is Ohio State after a couple after not beating Michigan since the pandemic. Ryan Day finally beats Michigan and then turns around and loses to Iowa. That is also really funny. Like, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, I think is what we're discovering, really. I think it's like, it's like, um, it's like voting for your, uh, your, your favorite breakfast cereal. It's like, you, you like your Lucky Charms and you like your tricks. And it's like, either of them is a good option if you want something sugary. Right. Kind of depends on the day. What are you in the mood for? Yeah. I think, I think we have to wait and see how it all plays out because if either way, it's going to be really funny. We know I was not going to beat them, but if they did, it would be all the scenarios that would lead up to that would be incredibly funny. Right. We can dream about it for the intervening weeks. Honestly, I also think it might be funny if like, if they got, um, if if it, you know Iowa versus whoever, Iowa just like fucking shits on them. Like Brian Ferentz is just like, you know what, <laughs> you guys said I couldn't score the ball. Here, here's us scoring fifty seven points. Right, just it just goes total air raid insanity or something, and like confuses the shit out of the entire defensive scheme for the opposing team. <laughs> win 65 
63 or something. Like it's just it's just like a total like oh god. Like Brian Ferentz tells his dad he's like we're not playing defense today. We're just playing offense. Right. Oh god, that's funny. And that offense is fake punts every down. Every down. I doesn't matter. Doesn't matter every down. <laughs> I mean, if they do that enough and then actually punt. Right. <laughs> Reverse psychology, baby. Exactly. Pun, 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 pun. <laughs> Beautiful. Speaking of punts, um, <laughs> good I transition. Have a segue ready for other punting. Uh, I guess I'll miss punted a bunch. I didn't watch the game because I saw that Georgia was kicking their ass uh, right in time for Lane to start getting mentioned as a possibility for the AM job. Lord have mercy. I mean, that is usually his like exit. He's like, oh, things aren't going well. Gotta go. See you. I can't decide if AM is the best or worst place for Lane Kiffin because <laughs> look, even even by the standards of college football in the South, AM fans are a unique breed of absolute cultist bat shittery. <laughs> And I really have, I can't decide whether Lane would totally be into that and like would just win them over or if they would be hunting him with like spears and sawed off shotguns on by week three. I think it would go well until week three. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because there, like, there's just there's no way it actually works out. It's really just a question of what kind of bad it ends up being. Like, if you're if you're a And M, you really want to hire the guy whose mo at Ole Miss has been like consistently lose to the teams that you most would love to beat. Yeah, I mean, and granted, Texas if you're a And M, yeah, granted, if you're a And M, you're sort of used to it, so. Yeah, I mean, but they're used to losing anywhere that's uh, on the road and not against Mississippi State, which I think is yeah. honestly the more interesting opening. Because I feel like State. A&M is cursed. Yeah. Yeah, no, A&M is cursed. State is cursed in a different way. <laughs> I feel like Mississippi State is cursed in a, like, redeemable way, though. Like, I don't know what you yes. do with A&M. Like, A&M is just... It, it's just a dumpster fire on so many levels that I just, I feel like it's got to be the only person who's going to like excitedly take that job is like a Scott Frost scenario. Like not Scott Frost yeah. literally, but like a bring, <laughs> bring, although, although. Um, he's available. Yeah. Look, what's, what's he got to do? Uh, but no, like I think it's got to be like bring, Bring the the local hero home, whatever. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that's the only situation where somebody's going to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to take the A and M job," and like, not kind of be really waiting for it to all go to shit instantaneously. So Johnny yeah. Manziel. Okay, but I would watch that reality show <laughs> so fast, so fast. Give me a college football hard knocks with Johnny Menzel. 
coaching AM and I just riveted, riveted. Honestly, yeah. That would be I I wanna I want there was a there was a story about um the North Carolina women's field hockey coach was a was a senior on the team last year and then their coach retired. I want I want well, something cool like well. I want something batshit crazy like that in college football someday. I want like yeah, like Johnny Manziel at Texas A and M, and he's what? Like he's like not even like thirty, right? Okay. Uh, for my own personal reasons, I have a suggestion though. Uh, so the Gators are probably not going to be bowl eligible. No, no, I, I already know where you're why going. Why not? Because why not? They're sitting at five, and they have uh, Florida State and Missouri left on the schedule. Neither of those are looking good. Just gonna oh. be real upfront about that one. Um, By the that, way, Mizzou's real good. Yeah, and that damn Which last second loss to Arkansas Georgia is, gonna, is real, real good. Yeah, and that last second loss to Arkansas is gonna end up being just a real fucking pain in the ass. So I like Billy Napier, but maybe the Billy Napier experiment is over. Maybe, maybe it's time to call Tim Tebow. Fuck it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing, right? Would it be terrible? Yes, it would be unspeakably awful (laughs) because the guy who turned Tim Tebow into Tim Tebow couldn't turn this team into anything consistent for more than about a year and a half. And that's why we want it. (laughs) Right. However, it would be funny as shit. It would be incredible. It would be funny as shit. And I, I, this is mean to say, I would love to watch my mother's reactions because she <laughs> loves Tim Tebow. Like just loves him like a child. Right. Uh, so watching her sort of come, to, <laughs> come to grips with <laughs> the reality of the Tim Tebow experience would be extremely funny. Because she was like a Tebow defender when he was in Denver and stuff, even. Like, what about the Mets? <laughs> what about the Mets? Yeah, how'd she feel about that? That's a Carlos good Mendoza now, perfectly <laughs> good manager. She. What about the Mets? <sighs> but I, I, broadly speaking, though, I want more just stupid hail mary coaching yeah. choices because like, it's like tommy, Re- like, like, like tommy reese is the as the offensive coordinator no he didn't know her name right fuck it why not like i just now i want more of that energy just go for it yeah give me like weird former play like like yeah this is why everyone liked dion because it was just like kind of an out there pick for a team that was not going to be good anyway right now I, I would i would Texas prefer hire dion Oh my God! Yes, they should. It will be a dumpster fire of proportions that cannot be measured without, like, the measurements you use to in space. And I would watch every second of it. Like the combination of Dion's whole shtick and the ego and the whole thing, plus the chaotic dumpster fire that is A&M would just be uh, combustible in ways that I don't think we can fully wrap our heads around. 
Yeah, I, I think I genuinely think we need more just like chaos picks. Like, give me is Cam Newton still playing football? Give me like give me like Cam Newton somewhere. Yes. Oh my God, Florida, call Cam Newton. Make good on your mistakes. Auburn was plenty interesting with Cadillac Will Williams. Yeah, that's true. I wish they would have gone that route. But yeah, that was actually yeah. probably the better choice. But yeah, yeah, that would have been way cooler. Would have been uh, way yeah. cooler, but. Cause give, give me Randy Moss as the head coach somewhere. Huh. No, oh, that would be yes. Good. Yes. Just give me like the biggest personalities in like the history of football as just like some fucking out there college coaches. We know it draws attention. Again, right. look at Colorado for the first like five games of the season. And the thing is that I don't even think it need, like I, I don't even need it to be like the fucking Deion Sanders debacle because I find it exhausting. Um, we can only sort of, as an ecosystem, we can only handle so many of those at a time. But like Stanford, call Andrew Luck. He's coaching his kids' flag football team at like an hour, like, you know, 10 miles away or something right now. That would be interesting. Honestly, yeah. He's he's not busy. Come on now. Like that would be funny. I don't think he wants to do anything with football like that again. Because I was reading, I read a whole like ESPN article a couple of years ago about how he's just like, I'm real content with where I'm at. I don't want to go back towards anything. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, he he seems very chill with where he's at. And he's, like, hanging out with his family and whatever. And that's – Yeah. I I love that for him if he's happy doing that. But, But like, that sort of energy. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, kind of weird guys, too. Like, like not just the, like, out there personality, but the kind of weird guys, like, the quiet guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Andrew Luck was always, like, yeah, like, a little bit of a weirdo. Give me, I want, give me RG3. I See, do not want to lose him for the booth. No, but I was going to say, he, see, that is the kind of pick that could genuinely be really good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing with some of these chaos picks. It's like some of them are just chaotic and they're just going to be entertaining and they're not actually going to be beneficial in like concrete football terms but some of these guys like i think really actually might be good at this if you gave them the chance like rg3 is very smart and was a very good football player before the washington bullshittery let him be destroyed um so like and i think that's sort of the second part of this right that like the advantage of these kind of hiring decisions is that one look it's entertaining right there's some recruiting advantage. It gets you some good TV ratings. It gets you in the news. ESPN's going to cover it. Great. But also, you're going to hit gold on some of them and not just have, be having to retread the same handful of coaches that have cycled through every school known to man other than that. I think that there's a path and, you know, thinking about, like, how Dion wouldn't have wanted to like he went to Jackson State because they would give him a head coaching job with no experience and he went to Colorado because Colorado was in desperate straits. I think that there's a path to be built sort of more reliably for like for like an Andrew Luck to just be like, all right, we're gonna make you a celebrity GA. We'll give you a taste of coaching, you know, see how you like it. And it will also be your job to be like a motivation guy and like get us pumped up and look cool. And we'll also be like, 
you'll also be the guy who decides whether or not we go for it on fourth down. I love that. Well, and actually, you they do that in college baseball quite a bit, where you have guys yeah. who have, you know, they've got maybe a little bit of eligibility left or whatever, um, who, you know, they get into the minors and they it becomes clear that they're not going to make it beyond that. And they go back to school and they take a GA position. And then they'll parlay that into a coaching career because, okay, if, I, if I'm not going to play, then like, yeah, I want to be able to do this other stuff. And it seems to have worked out really well in the, at least in the, on the baseball side, like the, the general, the general sort of attitude towards it seems to be that the players like having these slightly older, but like still kind of their age guys around and that they have a good perspective mm-hmm. on what playing for the program is like. Um, they yeah, get some good coaching like- experience. They go get their teaching credential or get their MBA or whatever they're going to do. It sort of sort of works out for everybody. Yeah, it's like why are we all hiring all these old fogies all the time too? Like, can we can we get some young blood in there? Give me give me, right. some, like, give me a hot thirty year old. Right. <laughs> give right. Me, well, we also like not. We also I mean the chaotic things. We just see the hot guys too. Right. And I think for college football coaches, I think Marcus that's Freeman big ass. Yes. Agreed. Like, dude, dude's 37. He's, he's, he's hot as fuck. Yeah. Now, granted, I am uncomfortable with college football coaches who are younger than I am. That's just, I still don't feel great about that, but that's a, that's a B problem. I feel like this is still at best. It It's at its best. It's a silver Fox job, I think. Yeah, probably. Like, I, I feel like. Yeah, there's something to, I don't know. I don't feel like the young hot dude should be a college football coach. I feel like that's more of it. And, you know, that's okay for the pros. But for college, it feels a little too camp counselory. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe if there was one team that was locked into playing on the CW all the time, they could have the. <laughs> I will the hot say though, coach. I think the advantage of sort of the the young hip dude, even if he's not like sort of traditionally hot, but I think Mike McDaniel's sort of popularity this season, the fact that he's like become mm-hmm. a little bit of a viral sensation. I think it's kind of a really good example though that like yeah, he's, I was he's a baby. He's a baby. But he's really sort of leaned into wanting to kind of be peers with the players and to or earn their respect. And they seem like they have a really good relationship. And like that all seems to really be gelling and working for them. Um, yeah. And he's also really weird, which I love. <laughs> personal. I, am, I, I remain <laughs> upset. Like I'm thrilled for him that he got the job. But I remain, I remain bummed that he is not in San Francisco anymore because he's such the perfect kind of weird <laughs> for here. <laughs> like he's one of those guys where I just can't can't help looking at him and be like, "You're gonna come back." It just the vibes are too are too correct. And Kyle Shanahan won't be there forever. Kyle Shanahan is going to move on to greener pastures eventually. <laughs> He should go to Texas A&M. Oh. They might pay him more. They have all the money in the world. I, I, 
don't soil think still going Eddie, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan would have to um, undergo a personality transfer and have a full on Freaky Friday <laughs> scenario for him to even entertain the notion of taking an, the A job. Yeah, I don't, don't like see that no matter how much shit that man's going to take for not winning a world win, winning a Super Bowl in the next uh, three months. Not enough that he's going to want to leave. And and I don't think not enough that they're going to fire him either. Yeah, it's such a, it's a weird thing. Cause like, I don't, I don't think they win a Super Bowl with him. They sure as shit don't win a Super Bowl without him either though. Like, who are you, who are you replacing him with? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's the rock and the hard place. Like all like, the best options to replace him are guys that he trained. <laughs> like the only people that I would be interested in bringing in are people from his coaching tree who have gone to their places. Well, like, I, mean, I think that we're replacing. We are replacing him with Mike McNeil in this scenario. Good point. I think the biggest issue. I mean, the biggest issue right now is just that the. The DC situation is not great right at the moment, which is the issue more than anything else. Like nothing. The only, I feel like the only thing you can really blame Shanahan for right now is just that he probably shouldn't have made that uh, coaching hire, but Mm. the offense has been fine. They sputtered for a couple of weeks when a bunch of people were hurt, which like, yeah, shit, that's going to happen. You take Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel out at the same time and Fred Warner and like, yeah, shit's going to look a little weird. And this then they lost one sound... game by virtue of a rookie kicker, and it's, you know. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound snarky, but from a defensive standpoint, um, I'm I'm serious about this. Zach Arnett's available. Like, he was clearly in over his head as a head coach, but. Yeah, no, I and there are yeah. lots of people that's true of, I think. Like, the jump from being a coordinator to being head coach is a lot for a lot of people. I mean, I, not not to. I love Robert Sala, so not to diss him at all, but he's not doing super hot either. And he was a badass defensive coordinator. Like, he was good as shit at that job. Speaking now, of- part of it is that it's the fucking Jets, but... It's the Jets. He's getting Jets. <laughs> right, he's getting Jets. It's not really his fault, but... We, we started this conversation with a Jay Fisher. I think... I think we need we need to bring back Jeff Fisher for one of these teams. <laughs> oh my Jeff Fisher to AM. He was yeah. um He's I think coaching he, in the USFL. Yeah, right now. yeah, he is. Oh my god. I don't know. AM's got money for that. Come on now. I love him, but he's that, not that a would be eighty five bears. Yeah. It'd be funny as hell. It'd be funny. It's it would be funny. <laughs> He's a badass guy. I wish oh things God. could have been better for him. I'm yeah, sure give me, give me, give me perpetual five hundred coach Jeff Fisher as <laughs> yeah. the coach of A and M. Okay, but let's be real. The, spiritually, the real correct location for perpetual five hundred coach Jeff Fisher. Is Notre Dame. I would have liked yeah. to see him do college coaching. I think Ooh. he might have been helping 
with college for a little bit or like Coach, he was an advisor for Tennessee State. Yeah. Random. Okay. Yeah, I think probably just because of the location. Yeah. Which is today some, about Tennessee State of, in the context of Ed Too Tall Jones. Finding out that he oh, played basketball uh, there. Uh, <laughs> related. Of USC. <laughs> What's that like? I said, make him the defensive coordinator of USC. <laughs> Let's do it. Another another job that is open. Screw it, you know. Just go for it. This. He's, cur- actually, he's currently the chief advisor of the Nashville Cats with a K, which is a which is a Cats um, with a K. That sounds that sounds like hey, a that- exotic dance club. It does. The it pretty- does. The AFL, the 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 Arena no. Football League is coming back. The Arena Football. Year, he's their he's their uh, chief advisor. Beautiful. Fucking beautiful. I love Spectacular. it. Spectacular. I love that the Nashville Cats are back. I need to find out all of the teams in this league. <laughs> in the in the twenty twenty four Arena Football League. Oh, I I've, I've yes. got it pulled up. Please let's uh, let's discuss. Dun, 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 dun. Confirmed by the league. The Albany Firebirds, Ooh, the Philadelphia Soul, ah, yeah, Louisiana Voodoo, a little on the nose, Formerly but okay. The New Orleans, <laughs> the Nashville Cats, mm-hmm. but why? The Orlando Predators. Oh, kidding. I mean, anything, yeah, anything with that name's like, why? So these are all yeah. classic team names. The West from, Texas from the Desert world. Hawks. Okay, that's new. <laughs> In Odessa, Texas. Oh, uh, I The Iowa Rampage. What? Oh, no. That sounds the like Selena, the Selena Liberty in Selena, Kansas. The oh, Southwest no. Kansas Storm in Dodge City, Kansas. The Wichita wow. Regulators in Park City, Kansas. Regulators. Regulators. The, the oh, Billings geez. Outlaws in Billings, Montana. The Oregon Black Bears in Salem, Oregon. Okay, I love the that. The Rapid City Marshals cute. in Rapid City, South Dakota. Love the that. Washington Wolf Pack in Everett, Washington, and the Chicago. That feels, yeah, Washington Wolf Pack feels perilously close to copyright infringement. <laughs> and most of these teams little- are new for the uh, the new Arena Football League. Amazing. But there have also been several teams announced by the the owners themselves, but not by the league. A lot more in Texas and Florida. Why? My question is, why the fuck are there three teams in Kansas? It does feel like a, a high per capita ratio there. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of those things where, like, they had you know all those years of like six man football in Oklahoma, mm. uh, or football, um, that maybe you know, what the conditions are um, may lead to a greater develop. I don't know, maybe indoor football is bigger. I am seeing there is, an, and I was wondering, as you said that, the Iowa team not being the Barnstormers struck me. Uh, that is because the Iowa Barnstormers continue to exist. They are in the Indoor Football League, the IFL. Uh, they had open tryouts. Uh, in October. I don't know how those went exactly. Amazing. 
Oh, who's on their schedule next year? They're playing oh against. God, there's, a no- there's a November 17th press conference. Oh, oh. is this to announce more that's, teams or something? Yeah, that's this. No, to just like re-announce everything about the the new arena football league. Amazing. Uh, let me hit you with these names from the the IFL. This is the schedule of uh, the Iowa Barnstormers for next season. They play March through July. Uh, they'll be facing. The Green Bay Blizzard, the Tulsa Oilers, Massachusetts Pirates, then finally the home opener on April 20th against the Arizona Rattlers, Uh, then back to the Blizzard, the Quad City Steamwheelers, the Sioux Falls Storm, and also the Jacksonville Sharks and Frisco Fighters. So even more Florida and Texas there. Yeah. Got a lot of Florida, Texas, and Midwest. That's where a lot of football is. Right? I have to say I'm a little disappointed by the Florida Sharks. I feel like that's not real inspiring. I feel like there are are, are better and uh, equally potentially terrifying uh, marine animals. In Florida, you don't need to go with the manatees. Shark. Manatees, manatees are great. I love a manatee. Uh, Marlins, manatees are officially Marlins are fucking terrifying. Manatees are officially not endangered anymore. Uh, I saw that my my many years of adopting a manatee has paid off. <laughs> you adopted them all. I did. I I have adopted them all over the past like thirty years that I've been doing that. Thank you for your service. <laughs> right. We um, adopted a penguin. Oh, penguins are fun. Are there stingrays in Florida or near Florida? Jellyfish. Mm-hmm. There are jellyfish. There are there are stingrays at least on the Atlantic coast. I don't think there are any on the Gulf, really. Jellyfish. Devil scary. rays there. Yeah, there are devil rays. There. Are there no? There are no rays on the West Coast, and yet the team named itself after stingrays basically i mean i i put a stingray be, tank in the stadium i could be wrong but the only place i remember there being like oh watch out for stingrays if you go to the beach was in my that i've spent a lot of time in is miami not the gulf coast you got a dangerously close to recreating the song from fievel like the no cats in America, you were like, are there no stingrays on the West Coast? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so I had to Google and uh, apparently my my mother just let me run the risk of being murdered by a stingray my entire childhood. Cool. <laughs> there are many types of rays and skates. Oh, I guess they're just not. Southern Stingray. Southern Stingray feels most at home in warm, shallow water, making the Gulf of Mexico ideal. Yeah, I've never seen anything other than a cow nose ray in the areas of maybe they the don't, Gulf Coast that I've been maybe, on. Maybe they don't really frequent the beach. There? Is it, I don't know what the Gulf beaches are like, really. Is it like a big drop-off after... 
a little bit or? I mean, there are most, most of the beaches that you would like spend time on on the Gulf Coast are barrier islands for the most part. So you've got, it may be that they mostly hang out like on the other side of the, the dew or the, the break hmm. on the other side of the islands. But, but rays in general like shallow water for the most part. So you would think that yeah. they would be like, that was why they were, that was why I was whisked out of the water as a child by adult relatives multiple times when we were visiting family in Miami because they come right up to like normal, I'm hanging out on the beach water depth. That's not cool. No, no, it's not great. But I This is but, a beach destination. But famously yeah, a beach destination. Famously a beach destination. Definitely got yanked by the back of my <laughs> back of my shirt by my uncle memorably at one point. But yeah, but I don't hey. think I've ever seen a ray in like in the wild on the in the keys and stuff though. And I genuinely never thought about the fact that, like, they're the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm like, wait, I... Too afraid of the retaliation from Steve Irwin. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Irwin ruined the race for everyone. Wow. No, they're... Yeah, Yeah, now they tried to rebrand after the sun. (laughs) That's a stupid team that I have no use for. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Although I will I will admit that that Sunburst logo is pretty cool, though. I do like that. It's fine, but their uniforms still suck. Yeah, their uniforms still... The sky still, blue ones are fine. I like the sky blue. I think the sky blue and the Sunburst yeah. would be better somewhere else, though. Yeah. I'm just like, it's funny to me that both the Rays and the Diamondbacks became teams in the same year, and their throwback jerseys are way better than the jerseys they actually have. Well, that's yeah, because they're, the they're, late 1990s they're were, um, were the peak of modern civilization, um, I must say, as uh, somebody who was in high school then, and therefore... Um, I am obligated to believe that that time is when all of the best creative stuff of all time happened, uh, whether it be fashion, music, movies, or anything else. There, um, there is a thing going around Blue Sky, I guess, the other day about like what what are you know what's the best album or whatever from the year you were the year you turned sixteen or the were when you were sixteen, and I was going through the list and I was like, no, but I like all of these, and I was like, oh no, this is what they mean when they say that like you're your taste in like media calcifies at about that age. See, the funny thing is I tried doing that trend and I'm like, Oh, I didn't listen to any of these albums that came out when I was 16. Cause I was too busy listening to dad rock. Well, but and I, I do also wonder though, like when I was in back in my day, when I was 16, you, there wasn't, there wasn't Apple music, so you couldn't listen to literally anything you wanted at any time. We were all still like sitting in our friends' cars listening to whatever happened to be on the radio or whatever our friend happened to have on a CD in their car. 
So, like, there's a lot of stuff that I listen to that I probably wouldn't have, like, sought out myself necessarily, but it's stuff that I like and stuff that, like, now when I look back at the album, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that was a good album. Um, that was purely, like, because I had Live 105 on in the car with my friends. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really true. And like, even though the taste calcifies like you said like i was at physical therapy today and absolutely bopping out to another night by real mccoy um yes. but then you know olivia rodrigo comes on and that's not scratching the same itch but olivia rodrigo is very much like straight line back to yes i loved avril lavigne's first album of course oh 100 percent. yeah yeah i'm down for this 100 percent. it's, it's like, like avril lavigne or paramore or yeah like it's very yeah. much, very much yeah there's a there's a through line you can see what the influences were i mean she so. got sued for good for you by paramore i think because it's so similar to misery business it it is like a little on the nose That's like a damn sociopath. So, uh, what are we looking forward to this week in in this sport that I watched almost none of because I was away for the weekend? I did see the end of the the Duke UNC game, and that was, um, yeah. Any, anytime Duke loses, it can't be bad at anything. Um, good reminder of not really liking to see them happy. Um, and- <laughs> Carolina fans rush the field because they understand that. Um, what we got this week? Anything good? I think it's um, uh, Washington, Arizona, Oregon State. Yeah. yeah, Utah, Arizona could be interesting. I have a feeling it'll probably end badly for Arizona, but I mean Georgia, Tennessee. That's that'll be fun. You know. Yeah. It's at Tennessee. So there's that. James Madison, 18th ranked. Wow. They're undefeated. (laughs) An undefeated will do that. Every year. Can't play a a surprise. Can't play in the conference championship. Yeah. Oh, this is. uh, So this is the week that we get uh, Georgia State, LSU, Chattanooga, Alabama. Good old SoCon Saturday. Uh,. Washington, Oregon State. Washington at Oregon State in the 7.30 window. Ooh, CW has North Alabama at Florida State. So the CW is... Mm. All right. Putting on CW a also film, has apparently. Duke versus but, Virginia. That's funny, because that's like an actual, like... Uh, the CW has two games this week? And 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 North Alabama, Florida State at six thirty. Hell yeah! Moving on up in the world. (laughs) NFL Network has Louisiana versus Troy. Sunbelt on the NFL Network is such a weird experience because it's like it's like it's all it's. 
because the graphics aren't the same as they are for the like NFL Network. Like they're they're using are they using the ESPN graphics or the Fox graphics or, or the CB? What are they? They're using somebody else's graphics, and it's it's just a strange and disorienting experience. Um, whereas the CW, like that, the CW also got uh, NXT wrestling, which feels right. Cause like, yeah, that somehow feels correct. And I don't, I don't know about where you guys live, but like CW for me is channel 11. Um, and yeah, that's the channel that used to have, I guess still does have the, the Yankees games that go over the air and they've different, you know, suck. um, they would be like the, the channel that would have like WWF back in the day. Like, or where you would see, like, here's here's some weird shit on a Saturday morning. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, like, NXT fits in there. And then, like, at noon, it would switch over to, like, Channel 11 would have, like, that Raycom game. Like, I don't know why they got it. It was, like, you know, the, the Southern Cable game of the week uh, that right. got picked up in New York on Channel 11. So, like, the ACC being there has already felt right to me i don't know is is where where is this lily do you even know what channels are that way <laughs> i do i'm not not in baltimore because i don't want i mean i have an antenna on my tv for to watch like nfl games but um i mean i i i was alive for for we didn't have cable for a while when i was growing up we had dial-up internet until I was like ten years old. <laughs> I don't think we even got dial-up internet until I was after. Ten, I was like thirteen. Yeah, no, I was. Yeah, it was about that age. Actually, no, we got dial. We got past dial-up internet in twenty eleven. Twenty eleven was was when we stopped paying for dial-up internet and actually. Bought really shitty DSL. DSL. Oh gosh! Even my uh, luddite parents switched to uh, cable, like through from Comcast or whoever. Prior to that, which is saying something. Any uh. Any hot takes for, I will think of one here. We've had a lot of hot takes regarding the the coaching scenario. We, uh, we did have I, a lot of, a lot of uh, burden hot co- hiring recommendations for any number <laughs> of institutions. How many people yes, did we piss off today? Call <laughs> us if you have, uh, yeah, let, let us know what you think are, uh, the coaching best possibilities staffing. for insane coaching staffing. Um, yeah, I I don't have anything um, that I feel like is more blazing hot than Dion's go coach A and M. I'm picturing him at, at one of those like crazy, really sort of scary. Um, if you're, you know, us. Um, like those midnight yell deals that they do. Yes. A seance? 
God. <laughs> Snake handling? <laughs> a Pentecostal church. Dion, Dion does have Pentecostal preacher vibes, like just a little bit, though. Let's be real. He does. He's gregarious. Snake speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah. He could pull it off. There, there's some charismatic uh, in the religious se- sense of the word action happening there. Mm. Like Dion he rocks that cowboy hat after Hugh freeze bombs out. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think the moral of the story here is that we have all been fully convinced that Dion is not long for Colorado. Like, Colorado is a stepping stone. Yeah, just like Jackson State was, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of... It's going to be really funny. It's when, not it, right? Yeah. Maybe next missing toes, like he had toes amputated. Yeah. 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 There's there's a hot take. Dion has a new job by the next time we do a show. Oh. Which I plan to be a week from now. So Wow. I like it. It's spicy. See. Uh if that happens. Who gets fired uh, by next week? Mm. Michigan coach Dion Sanders. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Michigan State coach Dion Sanders. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Mel Tucker pipeline worked so well the first time. What could go wrong? Let's do that again. Oh, All right. God. Uh, we will see where Dion is next week. We will be here next week as well. And. That's it. Love you.